Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 151 of The Body Nerd Show. And on today's show, I'm talking about how and when to call BS on the things you see on the internet and the best questions to ask yourself to make more informed decisions. Now, I'm going to be fully honest with you. I have had this episode idea in my queue for quite some time and finally got all my ducks in a row to bring it to you today. And it also seems like the perfect time because everybody's talking about somebody whose last name rhymes with brogan and all of that stuff on the internet. And let's be honest, most of us also spend more time on social media uh, than we would like to admit every week when that pop-up on my iPhone is like, here's how much screen time you've had. It's like instant regret and shame. (laughs) But you've also probably run across your share of influencers and experts. And even within communities, let's say the mobility community, right? We don't all agree on the same things. Does that mean that this person is right and that person is wrong? Not necessarily, but my goal has always been to help you ask better questions. And this also includes being skeptical of who is worthy of your attention and how to spot the red flags. And I also recently had an experience on social media where I shared how research doesn't support the notion that you need to lose weight to get out of pain. You may have remembered the recent podcast episode on that. And it was incredibly polarizing. (laughs) Wow. One commenter even demanded that I quote unquote share the science, which you know I did because I had it before I even wrote this podcast episode. And they also said that I was wrong because they had Googled it. Now, my goal for today is to help you become more well-equipped to actually call something out if you want, but more importantly, how to sift through the endless information that we're confronted with daily and call bullshit on some of the stuff you find on the internet. Because honestly, the social media and the internet are amazing and fantastic, and I'm so grateful, and I truly wouldn't be able to do what I do and have the platform that I do without it. But it also gives a megaphone and a platform to anyone with an opinion. And just because it's an opinion doesn't make it facts, right? Because if you spend any time on the internet, you have seen someone making a claim and you may be wondering, is this something they should be saying? And this often happens when people decide not to stay in their lane and they start giving advice that they're not actually knowledgeable nor educated in. Right? I see this when trainers are giving nutrition advice, doctors giving nutrition advice, also anyone who isn't a doctor or other medical professional prescribing anything. Right, There is a reason that people go to school to learn about these things for a long time. And just because you have a personal experience with something doesn't necessarily make you an expert. And maybe what they're saying, you know, doesn't seem to be true. Maybe it does seem to be true. You have some questions. But the best thing we can do is ask questions of the people who are attempting to influence us, right? So who's paying them? 
That's a really big question to ask, and especially in research. And this is something that unless you are reading a lot of research or in science may not even realize, but every research study that happens costs money. And to be honest, it costs a lot of money. And so if a study says coffee is amazing for you, but it was funded by the Coffee Growers Association, you may, you know, question the validity of that information and where it's coming from. Because the whole purpose and reasoning and hypothesis for that research study is already biased to begin with. A study that maybe says that hard tools are amazing for blasting away cellulite, but then you do a quick Google search and it brings up a number of lawsuits against that company for fraud and damages, right? These are all red flags. And I'm not saying that you have to Google everything and go on Google Scholar and start looking at things and, you know, well, I don't know, I'm going to do my own research. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I want you to feel more confident in spotting the charlatans on the internet because there are so many, there's so many of them. Because I also want you to feel confident asking better questions of what you're consuming so that you can keep on scrolling and not be swayed when someone tells you that this is the only stretch you should do that's going to help you with your splits. And everything I share with you too comes from my own personal experience. And this is something that I have been working with my entire life, right? I wanted to know more about the body. I went to school. I wanted to know more about anatomy. So I did additional anatomy trainings. I wanted to know more about fascia, did additional fascial trainings. I bring things to you because I have learned them. I have looked into the research and I realize also that my personal code of ethics is different from other people's as well. But I want you to be able to spot the truth from the bullshit, right? And not be consuming things that are going to maybe make you feel like you're not doing enough or you're not good enough or you've been doing it wrong all this time when they're not necessarily true. So here are some questions to ask yourself when you come across any claim on the internet. First, does the person have the qualifications they claim to have? So thinking about their background, their training, their education, and if that information is actually easy to find. Again, the internet gives platforms to anybody with an opinion who doesn't necessarily have any right talking about what they're talking about. Uh, Have you ever heard someone talking about celery juice and how it's super amazing? Because you may not know. I mean, this is a perfect example of this. The originator of the global celery juice movement, and this is straight off their website, is the medical medium, a guy named Anthony William, who, by the way, has zero medical training. He's not a doctor, has no medical training whatsoever. But now millions of people are drinking up to 16 ounces a day of straight celery juice on an empty stomach. I'm not going to lie. I tried celery juice. I thought it tasted like garbage. And then I moved on with my life and eating real fruits and vegetables and things like that. If it works for you, that is amazing. And that's awesome. And I'm so excited for you. But I also don't want to be swayed by somebody who has no business trying to sway me. Even when this person makes a claim that, you know, this thing is amazing and it changed your life. And again, maybe it did, but one story doesn't necessarily make something true. And, you know, try it if you want. Try the celery juice. Again, it tastes like dirt. (laughs) But I want you to make that informed decision and not be influenced by some random person on the internet. 
And I also realized too that I am a random person on the internet. But I also want to add that because I'm such a perfectionist and a people pleaser, it's a wonderful combination. I would never say something that I didn't know to be true. And I'm going to be the first person to come forward if I make a mistake or I said something wrong. But if someone is making claims that they're not qualified to make, that you're going to be cured or this or that or whatever, like that's just some straight bullshit, okay? (laughs) Which also leads us into our next question to ask is, do they use precise language? So is there a lot of flowery or vague terms? um, Or do they use words like always or never or, you know, curing and healing and things like that? Because if someone is using terminology in order to confuse or deceive your audience, that is BS, right? This is guaranteed to work. This will heal everything or things like that. You might be asking yourself, well, Alex, don't you say that life without pain is possible and that I can change the unchangeable? And yes, I do. And I agree and believe that that is true. But what I'm not going to tell you is that do this one stretch and it's going to cure your back pain. I'm never going to say that because it's not true, right? It is far more involved and individualized than being able to say that. So if someone is using vague terms or they're using very exact terms, you know, you just say, hmm, let me think about that. Now, the next question to ask is, are they receptive to questions and constructive feedback? And this has been a really, really big one that has come up in the last couple of years, especially with people on (laughs) people on the internet. Oh my gosh. If anyone is making a claim, they should be able to answer questions about it. And this is really a big one for me. When someone gets asked a question and or challenged and they double down or freak out or start blocking people, these are all major, major red flags to me. So historically, if you're following a person and you see something like this happen and you find that they're deleting anybody who disagrees with them or blocking people who disagree with them, that's a red flag, right? Why is that person so threatened by questions and unable to answer questions that they have to cut those people entirely out of their sphere? And I will also add, because again, I've been on the receiving end of this, there's a difference between asking questions and just being a jerk and a troll, right? As a person on the internet, I have the right to not engage with people who don't actually want to have a conversation. But if you're genuinely asking questions of people or other people are asking questions of them and they're blocking and deleting and just freaking out or doubling down... Just keep on walking by, right? Just keep on going. Now, another question to ask yourself is if they are making some kind of scientific claim, do they have sources or references? And this one also, I just, uh, gets me every time. They say something like research says, but don't actually share the study. Or they link to a blog or a news article that's not the actual study itself, which to me says they didn't read the study in the first place. And honestly, like your NBC News, ABC News, Fox News, like all of the newses are so clutch with this. They will say, research says that coffee cures cancer or like something ridiculous like that. And they're just repeating something that they don't actually understand. When you actually dive into the study, you may find that their sample size was too small or they, you know, only looked at three men under a full moon in March or, you know, just something ridiculous that's not able to be replicated at all, which isn't actually science. Today's episode is brought to you by the Brain in Pain Workshop. 
Because pain isn't just structural. Sometimes it's not only about what's going on in your body or your joints or your tissues. So if you feel like you're stuck in a pain cycle and you're just ready to get off, then join me and licensed therapist Natalie Moore on Saturday, March 19th for the Brain in Pain Workshop. We are sharing our best tips and strategies and resources to help you learn about the science of pain. Because when you understand what's going on, you can make the best choices for the next steps to move forward. So you'll learn practical tools like somatic resourcing and an easy 10 minute tension relieving movement routine that can be done for all levels. And body nerds, you can save $15 off your registration right now when you use the code bodynerd at checkout at aewellness.com slash brain in pain. That's all one word, aewellness.com slash B-R-A-I-N-I-N-P-A-I-N and the code bodynerd, all caps, all one word. Life without pain is possible and I can't wait to share these tools with you. I'll see you there. And that's another question to ask yourself. Are their sources actually sound? And I'm not saying that you have to take the time to go digging into their sources and the journal articles and, you know, become a (laughs) super sleuth like this nerd over here. But just see if you can kind of figure out if there's some bias involved. If people have questionable, dubious resources, that's BS, in my opinion. And Google, my friend, is not research. It's not. Journal articles also, I mean, this has been such a time of reckoning because there's even, you know, journals that are putting stuff out that often, oh, we're going to retract it. But that first study they put out that said something is the one that like goes bananas and everyone's talking about. So it's just, we all just need to believe (laughs) half of what we see and very little of what we actually read because who knows where it's coming from. And also all of this being said, an individual's experience does lead to deeper understanding, right? I'm not saying that you have to have advanced degrees to know what you're talking about in all contexts, your training, your education, your background, your continuing education, your teachers, your personal practices, all of that factors in. But there's also scope of practice. And there are some things that you shouldn't be claiming based on your position. As a person and a mobility coach, I have a degree in exercise biology and a lot of experience in watching bodies move and helping bodies move, but I can't give you a diagnosis. That's not within my scope of practice. Even a physical therapist in many states can't give you a diagnosis because that is the responsibility of the doctor. So scope of practice matters and... (laughs) the wild, wild west of the internet, I feel like we have gotten away from that. So again, just if someone is not in their lane and is recommending other things, and I keep coming back to nutrition because that's where my brain has been now and just watching how many people who have zero or one day of nutrition education or experience, and then they're telling you how you should be eating or things like that. And just because somebody has a bunch of followers, it does not mean they know what they're talking about. I mean, that's literally the internet in a nutshell, is it not? And so it may be useful to see who this person's influences are. So for example, I do not follow people who share before and after progress photos. I find them to really glorify thinness and perpetuate this harmful diet culture ideals that we are only as worthy as our body is thin. And so if there's somebody I follow and I like what they're doing and then they post before and after, honestly, I unfollow 
And this doesn't mean that I don't stay up to date with what's going on as it's relevant to my work, but this is important to protect your mental health first. So it's okay to avoid information in an effort of, again, protecting your mental health because there's enough information coming at you every single moment that's completely overwhelming. And filtering out content based on your own personal ethics or your interest, this is different from confirmation bias, right? You're still seeking valuable, usable, applicable information, which is not the same as only interpreting any new evidence you get as confirmation of what you already believe, okay? So protect your mental health And don't feel guilty about it because that's not the same as then insisting that your way is the only right way. And honestly, I just finished reading What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat by Aubrey Gordon, and I will link to it in the show description. And she talks about the cultural attitudes and social systems that have led to people being denied basic needs because they are fat. And a lot of what I read in this book challenged what I thought I knew. And so this is what I'm talking about, right? You can, again, control the narrative of social media and what you're actually subscribing to, but that's not the same as not educating yourself, right? So you can still learn and expose yourself to new viewpoints without being bombarded 24-7 in a way that's not healthy for you. So I hope that kind of clarifies like what exactly I mean by that, because I'm not saying unsubscribe from everything you disagree with. But again, what are your sources? Who are you learning from and reading? And do they actually have the data to back up what they're saying? And with that book, Aubrey Gordon's book, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat is a perfect example of that because there's like 10 pages of all of the references that she talks about within the book. It's not just her opinion. She's, here's the research, here's the research, here's the research for so many things. So if you want to get nerdy, right, flip to the back of the book. Do they have sources? Are those sources great? Now, and even with all of that in mind, I feel like at this point in this episode is just like question everything. And there's a little bit of that. Aubrey Gordon also has a podcast called Maintenance Phase, and they just did an episode on sleep. And there was a book all about sleep by Matthew Taylor. And I've talked about it before on this podcast because I read that book and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And it ends up that the research that he used to write his book wasn't actually all that sound. So again, wow, I didn't realize that. But even when you have, you know, a published book with resources and references, the science could be not that sound. But here's the thing, right? If we're looking at the overall picture, do you need sleep? Is it good for you? Yes. Are all of the specific negative things that Matthew Taylor talks about in that book necessarily going to happen to you if you don't sleep? No, but you should still get sleep. So (laughs) hopefully we're not just like more confused about how to kind of sift through all of these things. But again, I want you to feel confident to do your own studies and dive into things so that you can make your informed decisions and decide what happens next for you. Uh, This is something that I've done over the last couple years with hormonal birth control and learning more about it for my own personal informed consent to decide yes or no, not just because a doctor told me it was fine. And with health and sleep and all of these things, because the better questions we can ask, the more you can learn about the world around you and how you actually want to engage with it. So to review, the questions you want to start asking is, 
Number one, does the person have the qualifications they claim to have? Number two, do they use precise language? Number three, are they receptive to questions and constructive feedback? That is red flag city for me. Number four, do they have sources or references and are those sources or references sound? And lastly, that individual experience does lead to deeper understanding, but it doesn't make you an expert. So I hope with these questions, you are going to be prepared to spot those red flags on the internet and just have a little bit of a filter on what you consume because there is so much panic and doom on the internet. And I want you to have an overall happier scrolling experience. I know that I have done a lot of filtering so that I too can have a more enjoyable, better for my mental health experience every day. (laughs) And there's so many timers and things that I have set up and we could talk more about that too, if you want. So I want to hear from you what your biggest takeaway was from today's episode and maybe what some of your red flags are for the types of content and people you listen to on the internet. So take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Halafamala. Send me a DM, drop me an email. You can call the Body Nerd Hotline, 818-396-6501. Email is hello at aewellness.com. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, references to everything I talked about in today's show and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And you know the drill. I'm going to keep asking you because it really, truly does make a difference. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already, thank you for leaving a review. You are the real MVP. And thank you for sharing today's episode with all the body nerds that you know in your life that also are great at spotting red flags. Because the more we can share how we do this practice, the, uh, again, happier, more educational, more enjoyable scrolling experiences we can have. So here's asking better questions, moving more, red flag spotting, (laughs) and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.